When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. Wake them up, get them up, get them going. It is Friday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B, 16 February, and we are ready to roll. Five hour, our, our five hour morning by morning conversation begins right now. We appreciate you being there. A lot to dive into. Texas baseball opening up their 50th season at UFCU Dishfalk Field tonight. We'll preview opening weekend for David Pearson, his Longhorns. History in women's college basketball last night. What a scene in Iowa City, Iowa. Get your details there. Also, uh, a lot of football to talk about. We always talk football, even when it's not a football Friday. But it is Friday, Rod Baber, so let's keep the tradition. What does that make it? That makes it a freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it. Ric Flair, woo, Friday edition. I'll hook him up with Ian Rod B. There you go. There you go. Football Friday, even though there's not a lot of football or any football this weekend, we'll still talk a lot of football as we crank this thing up. We appreciate you being there wherever you find us on 1019 AM 1260, streaming always on that Horn app and at hornfm.com as we crank it up to get you into your weekend. It's going to be a cold Colder weekend, warm temperatures set for today. But, uh, yeah, Rod, it's uh, that time That time as we get going here. There is no football to watch or see this weekend, unfortunately. But we'll talk plenty of football as we get it rolling. But uh, look who it is. He's made his way to the South Austin Onion Creek compound. As we roll this thing out, he is uh, out of the 713 DB High down there in Houston, Texas. Then end up to the 512 where he started DBU on the 40 acres. A lifetime Longhorn off to the NFL for four seasons. He uh, then 16 great years in media and radio here in the ATX and beyond. He is our football theorist. He's Black Stradamus, the proud papa of Baby Monroe. He is Rod Babers. What's up, RB? Uh, doing great. Appreciate the intro and the hospitality as always, as we do each and every morning, giving shout-out to those who serve. Our society built on the selflessness of service to all those out there serving in any capacity, God, country, or community. We appreciate you. We don't say thank you enough. We want to make sure that uh, each and every morning you know how much we appreciate you. The soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, uh, can't name all the professions, can't name all the people. Just want you to know we appreciate you. No doubt about that. Uh, and as we always say, you're certainly welcome to send out a shout out to a first responder or a uh, person in service that you'd like to, to highlight uh, doesn't get enough attention where they should you can certainly hit us on the text line with that or any conversation you have this morning 512-447-3776 is how you reach you've already got a text in here saying uh, no football but woo see there you there go, you, go. you get them all fired up flat, woo, baby. give get me that you, another one give me that you get in there woo says let's go texas baseball can't wait to be in my seats tonight Looking, uh, not looking forward to the wind and cold tomorrow, though. That's true. Yeah, that's expected to be pretty chilly tomorrow. And the wind will be howling out there at UFC at Ishfalk Field. But it's baseball season, which is good. As the Longhorns open it up with San Diego, we'll preview that series coming up. And, uh, hey, pitchers and catchers are reported in spring training. So the Astros and Rangers have reported to surprise Arizona and uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. So, yeah, baseball season around the corner. College basketball in full effect. We've got uh, plenty to talk about as we get this thing rolling. Uh, for sure. Uh, here you go. This says yesterday was National Student Resource Officer Day, so special shout-out to all of our school police officers. See, thank oh, you very there much. You go. Love yeah. that. See, that's, that's what it's all about. Give a shout-out. National Student Resource Officer like Day. That. Good work out there, people. Uh, getting it done. Uh, all right, it's going to be a fun Friday. We appreciate you being there. Let's start with the headlines, top stories. Get you caught up on the news of your Friday morning. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top story. Starting Kansas City, an update on the tragic mass shooting that unfolded amid the throngs of people at the Chiefs' Super Bowl celebration on Thursday. Authorities now believe the chaos began from a dispute between several people. Uh, Police Chief Stacy Graves said that 22 people were injured in the shooting. They ranged between the ages of 8 and 47 years old, uh, half of whom were under the age of 16. A mother of two was tragically killed. Three people detained, including two juveniles. No charges have yet been filed. We'll keep you posted. Opening day, as we said, for the Longhorn baseball team. 
They open their 50th season at UFC Dish Falk Field tonight, hosting the San Diego Toreros. Head coach David Pierce enters his eighth season with a deep and talented squad. Picks finish second in the Big 12 preseason media vote. Fans will be introduced to a new video board tonight in game one in the Yeti Yard in left center field uh, for fans sitting in the, in the actual fence there. Returning ace right-hander LeBaron Johnson Jr. will get the ball for Texas tonight, facing a San Diego team that was picked to finish second in the West Coast Conference. So it's a good test to start the year. First pitch set for 7 o'clock tonight. They'll play tomorrow at 2.30 and again Sunday at 1 o'clock at the dish. After a week off, the Texas men's hoop squad will be back in action tomorrow as well. They roll into Houston to face Kelvin Sampson and his third-ranked Houston Cougars at high noon tomorrow. Houston enters that game tied with Iowa State atop the Big 12 standings at 8-3. and three. Texas comes in uh, looking to make up some ground at 5-6. and six. Red Hot Texas women uh, host Iowa State tomorrow afternoon at Moody Center. That's a 3 o'clock tip. Big Schaefer's fifth-ranked horns have won five in a row headed into that game. Elsewhere in college basketball, what an incredible scene last night in Iowa City, Iowa, where the Hawkeye star Caitlin Clark set the new Division I women's basketball scoring record in a 106-89 win over Michigan. 22-year-old Phenom broke the record with her eighth point on the night. She went on to score 49 points last night, dished out 13 assists for good measure. She has now scored 3,569 points for her illustrious career. In golf yesterday, Patrick Cantlay fired a 64, sits atop the leaderboard after the first round of the Genesis Invitational at 7-under. Cam Davis, Luke List, and Jason Day are a stroke back. Jordan Spieth at 5-under, two strokes back. Fellow Longhorn Scotty Scheffler and Bo Hosser at 3-under. Tiger Woods battled back spasms in his opening round and uh, finished at one over par, including the shank on 18 into the trees. Finally, keep in mind, if you're headed downtown this weekend or out and about on Sunday morning, be advised, thousands of runners from across the country are descending on the capital city this weekend for the annual Austin Marathon, Half Marathon, and 5K. Races begin at 7 a.m. on Sunday along Congress Avenue. First road closures will begin downtown today. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new Buta location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. We have a very sad and tragic event happening at the uh, Kansas City Championship Parade. And I wonder, you know, now are we, you know, done with parades in a traditional format, celebration parades? We've had multiple shootings now and multiple championship parades. Uh, they have to take that into account when you plan the next one. Um, you know, obviously the NBA season, so that'll be the next kind of NBA Major League Baseball championship parade, whoever that's going to be. That'll be the next one. I wonder if they'll start moving them indoors, moving them to a stadium, moving them to an arena where at least you have more of a controlled environment. And, you know, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but this is who we are as a society. I don't like who we are as a society. I'm, you know, disgusted by it. Uh, But, you know, these things, I hate to say inevitable, but they, they seem to happen with regularity way too much. And I just wonder now, you have to anticipate this kind of stuff. And that's, that's a disgusting, deplorable way to live your life, to have to anticipate, all right, we think somebody might come in here and act a damn fool and try to and hurt other human beings when we're trying to celebrate a championship and celebrate excellence in our society. Uh, we still got to deal with the, uh, you know, the worst of us. So I, I wonder, man, you have to think about, all right, should we just put it into a stadium, put it in an arena? What's the biggest venue that we have in this city and then let's just open that up and have a lot of security. It sucks, but, right, this is what we got to do. Well, I mean, as you said, I mean, there was a, a shooting at the Texas Rangers celebration up right. in Arlington uh, last fall. Um, Denver Nuggets had an issue last summer after their well, world championship in the NBA. And, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, when you invite a million people uh, to a downtown you Celebrate, know, and people are expected to get rowdy. Right, it only takes a couple, right? And that's a million people. How do you police a million people or more? On the streets. On the streets. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very, very unfortunate that the, the actions of a few will cost the, the many. That, that, that's the typical. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you would feel much safer inside Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. You don't want to bring your kids. You don't want to go right. with, with your kids and go celebrate at these things now. I mean, that's it's it's sad, but I wouldn't take my kids out to celebrate yeah, a championship parade these 100%. Days. I mean, it's one of those – you know, what's the next championship they'll be? The NBA? Major League Baseball NBA, yeah, exactly. Like, they got to consider this. I think they do. I mean, I think, and, and it's really up to the city city leaders, right, mayors, and, um, and those are going to be the people because it's not, it's not the NFL that puts on the parade. It's the no, city of Kansas the city. city. Yeah. They've got to make those decisions, and if you're the mayor of a city, it would be a hard decision to say, okay, let's invite a million people or as many people as want to come. Um, we can't police that, as we found out here again on Thursday, unfortunately, tragically. Yeah. Um, this takes – I mean, juveniles. Uh, exactly. I mean, with, with guns 
The dispute breaks out. Next thing you know, gunfire is blaring in, in the middle yeah, of the It may not people. be a planned thing where they're no. planning on going to the, uh, the celebration to hurt someone. Now, that also could happen, unfortunately. But this is just, you know, we have a lot of violence in our society. And unfortunately, that breaks out at these celebrations. I think they do have – I think they got to move them. I think they – I don't know if we can just have them traditionally like out – on, you know, out in the city with a parade route, you know, very little to no security like we have had in the past. And that should be the case, but I just don't know if you can do it. I don't know now with the frequency of this happening over and over again, if you can justify it as a city leader saying, no, nah, we're good. We're yeah. just going to we're going to try to you know, we'll, we'll try it again and have tragedy happen. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. On well, it's one of those you take the choice to go to it. I mean, I've always That's said, I know when the rain, when Ty, we talked to with Ty, when the Rangers won, had their celebration. Yeah. Are you going to go when the Astros won World Series? I was like, that's not for me. That's not my. I don't. I don't, I don't like big crowds anyhow. I don't know. My, my brother. My brother goes to those. My parents went. Astros. Exactly. My like, you got so many people that you love. Like I, I'm with you. It's not really my thing. I don't go to championship celebrations like that. But I have so many people in my life that I love that will definitely go. Yeah, I mean, I, you have to do something, as this text says. I'm, I hunt. I'm not anti-guns, but it's got to stop. I think, but it's not going to stop. I mean, it's there's not, really no easy. When answer. you get that many people together in our society with our affection for guns and with how violent, unfortunately, we we are as a society, you must anticipate that this is going to be inevitable. And then if that is the case. So what do you do to lock exactly, it down? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I say you've got to move them inside. Sure. You've got to uh, move them to the and, biggest stadium you know, in, in whatever in your area. And have a lottery for tickets or yep. you know, season exactly ticket right. holders yeah. or whatever. I mean, that's, exactly right. that's unfortunate because it does leave out uh, the many. But at the same time, you got to protect the masses. I mean, you just do. I mean, it can't be. This stuff is just crazy, man. It, it is crazy. Sense. It absolutely is crazy. I think we and, all agree. Like, it's, like I can't. Wait, this is unbelievable. Like, it, well, I mean, if you're the mayor of a major city right now, would you? There's no way you'd feel comfortable hosting a, 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 a big parade like that, a big event like that. Mm-hmm. It's fun, uh, but you could do the same thing inside a stadium. Uh, you really yep. could. Um, you know, so we, we'll, we'll take your thoughts on it. Five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Like stream, like the action. You know, I mean, you can stream well, and, the event or something like that. I don't know. And your point about lack of security. I mean, they they estimate they had between six and eight hundred. Uh, oh. Uh, uh, cops, yeah. FBI, military. I mean, they tried. I mean, they yeah. brought as many people in as they could, uh, but you just can't police a million people. Uh, that, that's a lot of well, Unless you can literally pat everybody down and have oh. everybody walk through metal I mean, detectors. You're across city blocks and entire downtown yeah. areas. I mean, it's a. Uh, I mean, Even I, the presence I, isn't enough. Well, the presence of the police isn't enough. Well, and it's meant, not their fault, by the way. I'm just saying. Well, I mentioned in the headlines that tomorrow, this weekend's the Austin Marathon, right? There'll be thousands of runners. That's thousands of runners. There'll be a lot of people running in downtown Austin, running all over Austin exactly on Sunday. Right. This is mil- this is over a million people. Yeah, I don't uh, even know how that looks on the street. I don't, I don't think I've actually ever witnessed that many people on the street. I know it's. It, I don't it, think I. I'm trying to think of the biggest event I've been to where that many people on the street. And I don't think I can think of one because I stay away from that kind of stuff. That's not too. really my thing. Well, the one they had in downtown Houston for the Astros a couple times. Yep, and I didn't go to that. One. Over a million people got people hanging off of uh, parking oh, garages, man. and I'm like, no thanks. But uh, that's just that's a ton of people. Uh, and, and look, they're out to celebrate. They're out to have a good time. They're out to 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 uh, say thanks to their favorite team. Exactly. They gave them so much enjoyment and, and joy, and uh, something like that breaks out. It's just uh, very, very unfortunate. But you're right. I think moving forward, it's going to be a real hard decision. The it's NBA actually, will have the, an easy decision. Yeah. No, listen. Well, so if you're in the NBA, do you do it in the That'll arena? Be the next one. That will be the next. So they will have to figure it out. I think you got to do it in a stadium. I think you need to like talk yeah, to find a, find the biggest the biggest venue you can find. Yeah, to include the most people possible. Yes, exactly. But, uh, yeah, well, and that's obviously the unfortunate part of our current society, that uh, any major event is of concern. We've seen it at uh, concerts and yeah. major music festivals and things of that nature, and now it's at, at uh, championship celebrations. And, uh, yeah, um, gosh, we had a situation over the weekend at a church down in Houston yes. at the Lakewood Church. You know, it's just uh, you, there's nowhere where, you know, that, that's the, the, big, the greater conversation that uh, yeah, we, you're not really safe anywhere at this point. It doesn't feel like. Yeah, that's uh, a deeper that's conversation. That's a deeper conversation, but as far as sports, yeah. sports goes, I mean, it's, yeah, but anything you can do to prevent it, which or at least do as much, to, as much as you can, which would be to take it in a stadium where you do have metal detectors and you do, do have some control of who's involved. Yeah, uh, I know. I've been. I was thinking about it earlier. Yes, I was actually thinking about it yesterday. I was talking to my wife about it, and I said, I, you know, we were literally talking about, man, what happens, you know, when Texas wins the national title or something like that, and when you want to go out and celebrate, would you go out there and celebrate your team and and you know go out there to the streets? And I think right now, I, my answer would be no. 
my, my answer would be no. I'd celebrate at the house yeah. uh, with my family. And I, I think a lot of Americans may be thinking the same thing. That's unfortunate. So I think they should, you know, find the biggest stadium nearby, college or pro, and say, all right, you know what, can we make an arrangement where we can get everybody inside the stadium and therefore we can at least try to guarantee some level of security uh, and safety for the public. It's sad, guys, I know. I, I don't even like talking about it. It's just a disgusting, deplorable thing to have to even discuss. But I don't know as a society if we are there yet where we can you know, afford to be lax on these things now because it's going to happen. I mean, you said that was the second, the third championship yeah. uh, parade where we had uh, gunshots or something well, like that? Well, that's just where we are. If you bring a million people to one place, there's going to be people with guns. That's just going to happen. It's America. Uh, it's the United States of America in 20 and 24, without yeah. a doubt. Uh, all right, so we'll talk more about that. Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain this hour. I did see where the uh, – speaking of the burnt orange curtain, Rod, I saw where ESPN came out with their way too early uh, top 25. Uh-oh. Ana- analytics-based top 25. An analytics-based top yeah, 25. Yeah, analytics-based, it says. That, the, the S&P Plus rankings. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Bill Connolly. Bill, Bill Connolly. Bill Connolly does a good job. SP Plus. Uh, SP Plus. By the way, SP Plus loves Texas. Even when Texas was bad, SP Plus would have Texas like in the top 10 because it, it, recruiting rankings are a big part yeah, of it. Returning of production is a big part of it. So it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a multifactorial. Well, the first edition of Bill Connolly's SP Plus 2024 SP Plus rankings are out with the Georgia Bulldogs atop at number one. That makes sense. Ohio State Buckeyes and the, uh, their spending spree this offseason at 30-1. to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, They now have Chip Kelly calling their plays. <laughs> hey, Chip Kelly Day. calling the offense. Jim Knowles calling the defense. That is. That's woo. wicked. They That's also at, you know, brought in the, uh, the number one running back in the portal, maybe the number one player in the portal in, in Caleb Downs from Alabama. Of course, uh, Quinshawn Jukins from uh, Ole Miss. And, uh, and remember, Trayvon, Trayvon Henderson, the running back's coming back. They're not messing around. Because they, you know, Abuga, uh, the, the receiver's coming back. Um, the question is who's going to play quarterback for them, whether it's Kyle McCord or Will Howard. But, man, they are loaded at number two in the country. Yeah, I love how that's not, that's not holding them back. It's like, well, that should be a, that should be a big factor. Because Will, Will, that's a big, I don't know how good, would you say, Brown is? Um, I don't, Devin Brown. Devin Brown. I don't, actually, actually, I've never been impressed watching play. Yeah, but I, I've seen a lot of Will Howard. And Will Howard does have a higher ceiling than you think. But, man, Will can go from Will spill the pill to Will the thrill, and he goes back and forth. I still haven't seen him consistent, but with that kind of talent around him, who knows? We could get the best out of Will Howard uh, if he has that kind of Ohio State consistent talent around him. So, that to me, that's the only thing holding Ohio State back, the quarterback. I think their quarterback position may be limited. Uh, number three on the list is Oregon. Uh, Dan Lanning. Of course, Dan Lanning was the first choice to be the Alabama coach. He said, no, 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 I'm staying here. We're going to build something here with the Ducks. And you know, Bo Nix is gone and likely to be a dra- drafted into the NFL. But Dylan Gabriel, of course, transferred from OU to Oregon. I do, yeah, seriously. <laughs> also, Dante Moore, the highly, the five-star kid who went to USC originally, transferred up to Oregon. Yeah, Oregon is in a good position in the modern era of the NIL being the law of the land because they got a sugar daddy. They got a real, they got a legit sugar daddy who can fund a program all by himself in Field Night and a a a, a brand that is also associated with their uh, athletic department, which is Nike. Right, and they have and they have very favorable state laws as far as NIL goes. Yeah, they said they allow because yeah, they they actually well. haven't allowed so they, their state law in Oregon says that you know a corporation like Nike can a be a big donor and sponsor mm-hmm. of the football program, but they can also produce an NIL. There's a wall in most states, including Texas, where yeah, separation of yeah, you're yeah. either you're either a big big sponsor at DKR for the Texas athletic department or you're participating in the NIL space. Yeah, you can't do um, both. Oregon allows you to do both, which means Phil Knight and Nike are ultimate both. sugar daddy. <laughs> ultimate they, sugar. They, they really are the ultimate sugar daddy. So that's why Oregon, Oregon's good. Like they can they can get into NIL uh, arms races with any uh, program out there and compete because they do have the funds. And the Nike brand, the Nike brand is one of the most powerful brands in all of the world. Period. We ain't talking about sport. We talking about just Nike branding. Right. <laughs> and that appeals to young people too. Oh, by the way, to be, a, to be at a Nike school yeah, like no that. Doubt. Longhorns, Texas Longhorns, coming in at number four in the uh, first CFP. FPI or SP Plus or whatever they call it. 28.7 uh, is their number, but uh, it says you're like Georgia and Texas. They return a quality starting quarterback, the likes of Quinn Ewers, 
Um, he'll have some elite weapons to work with while the Texas defense has quietly been building over the last few years, according to Bill Conley. Longhorns loaded with talent on both sides of the ball, supplemented by some quality work in the transfer portal. So Horns four. And I think, you know, of those top four, I think that's going to be the top four for almost everybody. Yeah. Because then, then once you get past four, you're like, okay, who's five? Well, because everybody after that, there are significant losses. Whether yeah, they're talking, talking about coaches or quarterback, they don't bring back the continuity that those four squads bring back because Texas brings back starting quarterback, all the coordinators, four to five offensive linemen, um, Ohio State, even though you said, you know, they've made some changes, but they've upgraded, it would seem, with some of the, uh, the players and acquisitions that they've had. And Georgia actually brings back quarterback, uh, all the coordinators too. They bring back a lot of consistency. Um, so M- Michigan does not. And Michigan is fifth here. So yeah, they yeah. got a lot of faith. In, and that's, that's all for recruiting rankings mostly. Yeah, the football, I, I would put Ole Miss there just based on – They know, got Ole Miss eighth. I'd, I'd have Ole Miss a little higher because they've had a good offseason. But, yeah, I mean, once you get past four, because I, I think that's going to be the consensus top four, however you want to rank them. I think Georgia's going to be preseason one for most everybody. Ohio State could get an argument. Texas mm-hmm. could make an argument. And Oregon. But then it's, you know, pick your – you know, because Alabama – you know, Nick Saban's gone. Lost yeah. a lot of talent into People the got, portal. They got Michigan five and Alabama six. And I don't think the, I don't think there have been two Power Five schools that have gone through more changes. Yeah, <laughs> Michigan, so, Alabama, but they had loaded rosters. But uh, it does show that uh, the Longhorns are in a good place headed into their new conference, the SEC, here in uh, in the summertime. They'll have a big celebration at the end of June, and then they'll officially join the conference uh, on July 1st of 2024. But uh, Horn's in a good place. But you got to like where, where, where they sit as they head into this conference. We'll talk more about that. Rod will take us behind the BOC. We'll talk some college football. They got the Aggies at 13 for Aggies out there who are listening and wondering, and Sooners at 14. Yeah, the, the issue for the Aggies, you have so many new players. I mean, you, you how are they going to mold and fit? And I, mean, I think they brought in like 23, 24 players through the portal. New head coach. I mean, that's – but that, like you said, it seems that, like there was a lot of turnover in college football oh. this past off. It seemed like more so than usual with the coaching carousel being what it was. And I mean, your national champion <laughs> actually, you know, lost their coach. And Nick Saban retiring. It just seemed like – there's unprecedented turnover, and it's going to benefit Texas because even Oklahoma, right, they changed their OC, their DC, lost their quarterback. They lost most of the starting offensive line. I mean, they got to replace a lot. A&M's got to replace a lot just because they got a new coaching regime in there. It's just, It just seems like every other program outside that top four had to replace almost too much. Yeah, well, that's to where predict you, him accurately. Yeah, and that's where you look at a team like Ole Miss, Missouri in that conference. I like that Ole Miss one, though. That's good, yeah, Kind of like the, the, mm-hmm. the didn't have a lot of turnover and comes back with continuity. For sure, this is. Come on, guys, please don't overreact. Do you think they're going to cancel the Thanksgiving or Rose Bowl parades? The New York uh, Times and uh, New Year's Eve celebration. Stupid decisions by a few cannot dictate the actions of the masses. Um, yeah, I mean, look, that's, that's a fair point. I mean, they are still going to have huge parades, huge celebrations. No, I agree, but I'm just talking about the we've had – Champion, talking about in sports particular, you've had champion multiple championship parades have been disrupted by this these types of incidents. And the other things you're talking about, yeah, that's true. I mean, we just as a society we still move on. Um, but I don't know if you've tracked like the last three four years of them having consistent shootings yeah. at those events. Well, I mean, I, I think the more people you attract, and I look at the, I don't, I don't know. If you, do millions of people go to the Rose Parade? I mean, you're talking about thousands. And that's, I mean, again, it's a lot. I mean, you, it's a lot, period. You, yeah. you, wherever you go these days, you, yeah. you, you're, you have to be paying attention your life. Yeah. You know, we know how that works. But at the same time, to invite a million, more than a, anybody that can come, I don't, I do think it can be more controlled. And I think yeah. that's what city leaders and city officials have to think about. You have okay. to have the, the discussion. You can't just not, after the tragedy like that, you cannot avoid the discussion. You have to talk about whether you can make it safer. Right. And I think all city leaders will do that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and with no, no control, there is there is no guarantee. And look, there's no guarantee of anything. And that's that's why this is a challenging conversation. But as a city leader, as a you know city official, that's really your job is that's to exactly. find ways to make it as safe as possible. And I know the folks in Kansas City did. They've done this three times now in yeah, the last they, five yeah, years. They're experienced at it. They're, yeah. they're, they're veterans at it. Uh, but this is the first time they've had a tragedy like this, you know, during one of those events. And by the way, they're going to be planning more of them. Yeah. The Chiefs are really good. Yeah. <laughs> this was the year to get them, and no one did. Yeah. For crying out loud. We'll talk some football, obviously, in the NFL. We're into that uh, season, the evaluation season ahead of the combine, which will head to acquisition season with free agency and then the draft at the end. So we've got uh, several months to talk about uh, who's going where, who's drafting who, and uh, what the Cowboys and Texans are going to do. We'll get into that. One other note on college football, we're on it, disturbing to say the least, but uh, LSU running back, you see this story? It's unbelievable. Uh, 
Travion Holly, the freshman oh, running back, is this facing like three attempted murder thing. Yes, uh, the, the freshman running back facing three charges of attempted second degree murder, aggravated criminal damage to property, and illegal use of a weapon. All stems from a situation in North Louisiana uh, back on February the 9th in Farmerville. Um, but yeah, that's uh, a Brian Kelly issue now. Uh, LSU football player arrested felony. I mean felony charges here, attempted murder. So that. That is a uh, major issue for Brian Kelly and his program. They'll keep an eye on that for sure. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, again, you know, a lot of players and, uh, you know, do that's, dumb things. I wonder, he's from Louisiana, I'm assuming, too. I believe so, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's why sometimes it's a good idea to get away from home when you're going to school. For some guys, not for everybody, but for some people it's actually good. Now, you, you, could, you should be going to school out of state. <laughs> It'd be good for you to go to school out of state yeah. to kind of get away from, you know, some of those negative uh, connections and relationships you've had. That's probably one of those situations. I will say, I mean, to take that into a more uh, at-home conversation, uh, it is credit to Sark and this staff and this, this program that right now we haven't seen much off-field issues for the Texas football program. That's fair. Um, you know, this is, this is a vibrant town, a lot going on, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, the, the trajectory of the football program in Texas is in a good place, but it's also, you know, out of the headlines, which is a good thing. I agree with that. Um, you know, speaks to the culture. I mean, mm-hmm. doesn't mean it can't happen today. I just, yep. It just speaks to the culture, type of players they're recruiting, and uh, type of program Sark's running some props there. And it's not like to, to, to throw – Stones at Brian Kelly because it's it's one incident of one kid, but at the same time it does highlight that uh, pretty 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 clean program uh, over that. the last four or five yeah. years. Um, they had a five and seven season in there, but uh, the off field stuff has been uh, pretty good for Texas at this point. I agree All right, that. we'll come back. Get our first time out here on a Friday morning, taking your thoughts on the big stories of the day. Four four seven three seven seven six. This uh, wrap up with the week Friday. Rod will take us behind the BOC coming up. How about Tiger Woods? An absolute shank yesterday. Tiger, 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 I mean, Tiger a Woods, shank. No. And, you know, a media member was, was afraid to ask him about a shank and kind of t- timidly asking him, and Tiger's like, oh, I shanked it. Well, oh, I shanked it. Even I mean, Tiger shanks it. I mean, I hit it right in the tree. He said his back was spasming, and he, as he was Ooh. coming down, it just it didn't unlock. And, um, you know, then, then the club head you know, doesn't get through the ball, and there you go, into the tree. I've but done they, that many times. But, well, you can – I mean, did they have to ask him about this shank? Because don't you know a shank when you see a shank? Yeah. Everybody knows it's a shank. They, they wanted him to confirm the shank. Oh, he confirmed the shank. Because he's a goat. He's going to confirm well, the shank. Not only did they have the shank, they had the shank on trace video. So he had That's the, what I'm saying. So the little it. line going <laughs> right into the big tree but, uh, yeah, on they 18. Was, they just wanted – they wanted Tiger to admit they shanked it. I'm glad he did. All right, we'll, we'll hear You're a little too bit proud. from Tiger. We'll also get to some what the facts for the end of the first hour. We're talking football. Baseball at UFCU Dishfalk Field this weekend. Good college basketball weekend coming. Hook them up with Ian Robbie. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. we the time out. We're talking about uh, Tiger Woods and a shank on 18 that led to a one over. At the end of the show yesterday, Ty Henderson asked me, should he take over or under three birdies for Tiger Woods on a bet? Oh, did you take the bet, Ty? I did but not. He made over. Oh. He went over. He went over? Yeah, Tiger Woods. He made five birdies yesterday. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yep. He was two under on the par threes, I think, and then he was three under on the par fives. His problem was on the par fours. He was six over on the long par fours at Riviera. But he went over, Ty. You did not take the advice, and so you did not win a bet. I was going to come in and thought you were going to be uh, thanking me for a, for a winner over three birdies for Tiger. You told me to think about it. You did not. You did no, not. I said, take you, it. You I didn't take say three. it was a lock or anything like that. Well, you, you asked me, and I said I think I would certainly take over. Okay. Yeah. No. Birdies. I was. I was leaning over as well. I, I should have taken that. I'm trying Tiger not to Woods bet as much these days. I will say Tiger Woods was uh, was back, and it's good to see him on a golf course. Even he was wasn't playing great, but he's wearing his new gear. He's already got the new gear that he's sporting the uh, red, Sunday red. Sunday red. But it was a cream like long sleeve pullover. Looks sharp. His new logo is is it's, it's just so unique. You can tell that's going to become uh, and pretty good advertising for Tiger to be out there in his new brand and has moved on from the TW thing, moved yeah. on from the Nike swoosh. Just kind of, you're just so used to seeing Tiger in the Nike. I agree. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird not seeing him in the Nike. Yeah, he's got the uh, new Sunday red. and But uh, as we all got to see, Ty, no one is immune to the dreaded shank. You just got to mm, shank up Got to get those hips through it. <laughs> got to turn that body. Shank up Apparently, man. Tiger Woods could not turn his body because his back was seizing up at the back end. And that becomes the question of Tiger Woods. His body is so broken down at this point mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, that was, that was the first 18 holes he was having back spasms. What happens by Sunday? That's, or does he make it to Sunday becomes uh, the question. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, it's just going to be tough for Tiger, man. This is a lot of t- pain tolerance to deal with. 
and Father Time, his body is just so broken down at this point. Uh, and I know, Rod, you don't watch a ton of golf, but can I tell you this about Scotty Scheffler? Yes, sir. This is unbelievable. I mean, not unbelievable. It's just, it's, I don't know, what's the adjective? Just frustrating, heartbreaking for him. So, Still Scotty Scheffler's sitting at three under par, right? He's, he's four strokes off the lead. He's mm-hmm. by no means in trouble. But in this tournament, again, this is only if this doesn't sound similar to his, his year last year. Because remember, last year, his tee to green game was Tiger Woods-like. When Tiger Woods prime, like, you know, teeing off, getting to the green, uh, no one on the PGA Tour better than, than uh, Scotty Scheffler last year. Uh, and really to the level of Tiger Woods when he was in the middle of his incredible run. Yesterday, tee to green first. Putting 67th out of 70. Wow. Tee to green first. So he's on every green. He had 10 birdie putts inside 15 feet. He missed all, all but three. <laughs> uh, you know, shot 68, could have easily shot 64 or lower. This is the issue for him. I mean, look, 15, inside 15 feet are not guaranteed, but great putters and PGJ Tour players make, you know, half of their putts that are more than half of their putts that are 10 feet or shorter. Uh, he was, again, all over the greens in range to score like crazy. And um, it's just, and you could see the, the frustration. You know, there was one as he walked to 18, as he uh, missed a putt that was very makeable for a birdie, he threw his ball into the woods. <laughs> you can tell he's frustrated because he knows he's, he's, he's in contention, but he's not going to win these tournaments if he doesn't start rolling in more putts. And uh, to be 67th out of 70, because only 70 players playing in this invitational, uh, 67th, that's not going to win the tournament. So he's got a, a Shakespearean flaw in his game. Yes, he does. And, and that, that's for any golfer. That's the Shakespeare. If you have a putting issue – that is, uh, you're never going to score uh, like you want to score because well, you got to roll the ball in. The Shakespearean part for him is that he's elite in the other aspects of his game. Completely now. elite. Yeah, that's the – Unmatched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the Shakespearean part of it is that it's, he's elite in other aspects. If he can just be average to slightly a below average in putting, he'd be the world's greatest golfer. Exactly right. Well, think about what I just said. If he was not 67th in putting, <laughs> yeah. if he was 43rd. Yeah, exactly. 38th. He'd be the world's greatest golfer He'd right be now. sitting at 63 today. You know, because yeah. he made four more putts. But he's <laughs> he's he's as bad as putting. Is he basically as he is as good as yes. at, at everything else in this game? Like he, yeah. he's elite in those other aspects. But in terms of how bad he is at putting, he's among the worst in what you're saying is major golf right now. Yeah, one of the worst putters in major golf. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, for sure. And that's, that's crazy. Uh, and that's and he's the number one player in the world. I mean, this is world rankings number one because he, he's gonna he's gonna shoot 68. He's, he's not going to make a lot of bad. He's not going to blow up. I mean, he's always in the middle of the fairway. He's always on the green. It's really about scoring. So, you know, he's going to have good scores. He'll stay high, and he'll finish in the top ten of this tournament. Can he win the tournament? Who's the best putting coach in the world? Why don't you just go get that guy? I'm sure he's talked to him. Um, putting is between your ears in a lot of times, a lot of ways. I mean, you're just trying to you, – you can putt with a shovel if Either, you want to. I mean, is it – are you talking about something you can't coach up, basically? Are you born or with it or not? Is that what we're talking about? Uh, well, I, mean, I don't know how putting but the, works. But the, the mental side of putting is is not no. What is it? Uh, as Yogi Berra said, ninety percent of it's half mental. So it's like free throw shooting. Yeah, it is. It's it, it and it's something that Scotty Scheffler was elite at at times of his career when he was at Texas and early. You know, when he, it wasn't a big deal. What a big deal. So and you now, think it's not psychological? It's like the no, yips. Is no, I think like it's, I think it's in his head. I think it's in his head, and I think well, he's what the yips are. The, yip, the yips are mental. Yeah, that's uh, what the whole point of the yips are. The yips are not a physical uh, issue; it's a physical manis- manifestation yep. of your lack of mental acuity, uh, you know, strength and uh, acuity, if you will. Yeah, it's it's overthinking. And Pretty that's, much that you, you know, you just got to hit the ball. That's why I say you could you can putt with a, sh- a snow shovel if you want to. All you got to <laughs> do is get the ball in the hole. I mean, you have to roll. The, you have to putt the ball in the hole, uh, and, wow. and you know that's fascinating. There's a million different ways. You got guys with long putters, short putters, you know, different faces. I mean, everyone's looking for that that uh, that confidence. Whatever. I mean, you're just trying to roll the ball in from ten feet. Uh, you got to read the green, obviously, and be a master of that. But uh, it is. It was frustrating to watch Scotty again yesterday, all over that the is. pins and not. Wow. You know, connecting because it's you know it's different between a birdie and a par. And he's obviously worked on it all offseason. Yeah, well, yeah, new worked stroke, yeah. new putter, all the, the whole bit. Still same struggles. And same struggles, wow. at least at this point. And he, uh, of course, he was in contention last week at the uh, the wasted management tournament in Scottsdale, and you know, putting cost him uh, from, wow. from being a big part of that uh, down the stretch on Sunday. All right, let's dive in behind the burn orange curtain. Of course, three Longhorns participating out of Riviera this weekend. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, Bo Hossler, and Jordan Spieth, who's at five under par. Let's go behind the VOC. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? 
All right, let's talk a couple of items here, Texas football-related. We'll try to get through as many of them as we can. Apparently, the coaching carousel in the NFL has affected the Texas Longhorns once again. Uh, less than four weeks after it was revealed that William Gay, uh, the former NFL cornerback, mostly with the Pittsburgh Steelers, was going to join the Texas staff as a defensive analyst, uh, that is not going to be the case. Because the Washington Commanders announced he's going to be an assistant defensive backs coach for Dan Quinn. Mm. So um, I believe that means there's a spot open, an analyst spot open for Sark. So I'm assuming they're going to either promote somebody to their defensive analyst role or, you know, they, maybe they'll go to the NFL once again and go look for another defensive analyst. Remember, William Gay uh, was drafted by the Steelers, had been with the Steelers for, I mean, almost a decade uh, off and on, had actually had two two separate stints with the Steelers, uh, his initial stint, and then he actually went to the Cardinals, I think, for a while, then came back to the Steelers. I was really excited about this because he had worked with some of the best defensive minds in all of football, had worked with Dick LeBeau for a while. Dick LeBeau is a Hall of Fame uh, coordinator uh, in the NFL as a defensive mind. Uh, he also had worked with Mike Tomlin, of course. Mike Tomlin's the head coach, but Mike Tomlin famously was a defensive back coach, my defensive back coach in Tampa. Um, so I thought he was actually going to bring a lot of uh, wisdom, experience, uh, possible solutions, problem-solving aspects to uh, that Texas defense as an analyst. That will not happen because William Gay is uh, staying in the NFL. So Texas has to find another defensive analyst. Not I nominate sure. Rod Babers. Uh, I would love to do it. I'd love to do it. <laughs> hey, you know what? And, uh, hey, if I get a call, I'm all, I'm all for it. I mean, I, they might post a position too, but uh, I don't know what they're going to do with that position. That's going to be interesting. Um, okay, so the, uh, the other uh, news here, uh, Steve McMichael, Steve Bam Bam McMichael, hospitalized yesterday. Just throwing that out there. He, uh, I, I believe, uh, they said he has pneumonia. Uh, I believe he was diagnosed with pneumonia. So they're going to be monitoring him, obviously, giving his, his health and how fragile it is. Um, almost any change can be considered, you know, negative. Um, so they're monitoring him right now, and I believe he had to be in the hospital for them to do that. So for everybody who is wondering about uh, Steve McMichael, and I actually got a chance to see – uh, his wife at the Super Bowl because of the uh, they were they were celebrating the Hall oh, wow. of Fame class, um, so she was great. She was in there and and she was there in great spirits as well. But uh, yeah, so Steve Bam Bam McMichael, uh, legendary lifetime Longhorn, in the hospital right now dealing with pneumonia. Um, okay, uh, here's a uh, Bucky Brooks did a really good write up for NFL.com. Bucky Brooks does a great job studying the draft, breaking down the draft, and he had his top five. NFL draft prospects by position, and he ranked. And I was actually surprised how many Longhorns end up making uh, his list. And I shouldn't be because a lot of Longhorns are getting drafted. He's got Jay Brooks as his top running back on the board. God, that's almost unanimous. At it is point. unanimous. I haven't seen any other uh, draft analyst with another running back ahead of him. So Johnny Brooks, top running back on the board. Uh, he's followed by Trey Benson, Blake Corum, uh, Bucky Irving, I think was his fourth running back he's got there. Uh, quarterbacks, of course, I mean, just for the sake of discussion, they got, got Caleb Williams. He's got Jaden Daniels, though, ahead of Drake May. Remember I told you guys, you'll get more and more who are, more and more draft analysts who are going to put Jaden Daniels ahead of Drake May. It is not a guarantee that Drake May is going to be the second quarterback taken. There are a lot of people that actually like uh, Jaden Daniels ahead of him. And you know whose name is starting to skyrocket up at draft boards, at least in the mock draft world? J.J. McCarthy. People are starting to say that J.J. I guess Jim Harbaugh's offense gave us the uh, maybe the maybe it gave us the misperception that he was a game managing quarterback and didn't have high level traits, uh, physical traits at quarterback. But there are a lot of scouts now that are saying that J.J. McCarthy is fast as a fast riser, and his draft stock is increasing. He's got him fifth. He's got him behind Penix and Drake May. It's interesting because I, I, I remember watching in his junior year, whatever the year, not this past year, but the year before, watching J.J. McCarthy and thinking, you know what, he's got some um, you know, Joe Burrow to his game. The way he can escape, the way yeah. he can escape, the way he can, not just escape, but buy time, keep yeah. plays alive. Uh, and then, of course, they got to the national championship game last year, and he threw the two pick sixes mm -hmm. against TCU. Uh, had a bad game there, and TCU had him booked, had him read pretty quick. And you wonder coming into this year with Jim Harbaugh knowing how talented they were, they really – Paired back the uh, offense and yeah. just said, you know what, we can win this with our defense just and our running game. game. For us. Yeah, we, we're gonna we, we look at the schedule we got. We we can That's beat most point. teams with our depth, our 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 defense, our offensive defensive line. Let's just not make mistakes. 
and you wonder because he does. He, he looked more dynamic as a junior as he did or as a sophomore than he did last year. Okay, yeah, no, I agree with you on that because like I said I think based on the film this year, people thought he was a game manager. Yeah, well, and that's probably like, what they made him. Yeah, and it's like, well, if Jim Harbaugh's got you managing the game, why the hell, why the hell we draft you really high as a high level quarterback to be yeah. a franchise guy? So that's a really good point though because I do remember you saying that last year, and I remember it stood. I was like, oh, really. Well, and I, and I also, I mean, remember in his introductory news conference, Jim Harbaugh made the prediction that he'd, he'd be, be the first the, quarterback draft. He'd be 1 1. Yeah, he said, be the first. he said, when it's all said and done, you guys are going to be taking him 1 1. But that's a coach, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. supporting his player, but you know, indicating he thinks he'll get drafted higher than people are thinking. And to he, your point right here. Right now, he's rising up draft boards. He really is. Uh, wide receiver, no Longhorn cracked his top five. His top five Marvin Harrison Jr., Romo Dunze, Malik Neighbors, Keon Coleman, and he's got uh, Brian Thomas Jr. So he's got two LSU receivers in that uh, in that top five, along um, with Romo Dunze and Keon Coleman and Marvin Harrison Jr. Everybody's got Marvin Harrison Jr. actually at the top of their board. Tight ends, though, he's got JT Sanders, the number two tight end, which also I think is pretty universal. Brock Bowers is the number one tight end. He's got JT Sanders, uh, number two, followed by Kate Stover from Ohio State, Theo Johnson from Penn State, and A.J. Barner from Michigan. Yeah, Michigan's all over this damn thing. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, he's got Michigan's guys are everywhere. Uh, the other Longhorns that are represented, of course, on the uh, interior D-line, he's got the D-tackles. He's got actually Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat second and third. He's got the Illinois defensive tackle, uh, Jer- uh, was it Jerzon Newton? He's got him number one overall. Then Michigan's, Michigan, Michigan's Chris Jenkins is number four. Uh, then Missouri's Darius Robinson, the number five D-tackle on Bucky Brooks's big board, um, and that's, uh, that's about it, actually, for uh, uh, the Longhorns that are represented here. But I was – I mean, you got four he, – he's made his top five at every position. Um, you got four Longhorns represented at top five at their position. Uh, nobody higher than Jonathan Brooks, who's considered the top running back on the board. So there you go. I mean, it looks like uh, you're going to have a lot of representation. And the way this is slotted, I think it'll end up, like I said, being that, that second round where you're going to have four to five Longhorns drafted in that second round. That's going to be real, real big. That's going to be huge. Uh, I think that'll be – I don't know if there's been a second round where Texas had that – any round, actually, where Texas had that many players drafted in a particular round. So I think that's the round to watch after Byron Murphy. You have a lot of folks that end up in that second round. It Maybe even E.D. Mitchell, he could sneak into the first round. We've talked about that when Mel Kuyper was asked what of the wide receivers with the deepest position in this draft which uh, wide receiver do you think has is underrated underappreciated the most he said the Texas guys um, he said the Texas guys and he meant A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy um, being kind of underappreciated and underrated wide receivers coming out in this class alright next time we go behind the burnout's curtain we'll uh, get into what a lot of uh, fake college football fans are excited about right now, which is the, uh, the the reveal of the trailer for the EA Sports College Football 2025 video game. Uh, so a lot of uh, college football fans are excited about this, mostly trying to figure out where their best players on their team, how highly rated they're going to be, and what their overall rating will be. Um, will you have a 99 on this game? What will be Quinn Ewers' rating? Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit. Quinn Ewers should be the highest-rated Longhorn on the video game. Well, let me ask you this, and Ty can weigh in. When the video game comes out, because I've not played this game, when the video game comes out, will it be for last year or for this year? It'll be for the upcoming year. Yeah. Now, you can play, like, legacy stuff, and so I, I believe it lets you go back sometimes. And, so it'll be for the upcoming season. Yeah, and you can – and if you, I think Ty may know this better than me. You can build, a, a, like, last year's roster if you want to play with that team. You can always kind of just build a okay. roster and yeah, stuff going yourself. Yeah. That's, that's very tedious. But it is tedious, but I know a lot could, of people you, that – You could do that. A lot of people do that. But, no, yeah, that, the, the, the rosters will be – like, is usually before um, – I mean, it, it was – semi-accurate and that's why they got in trouble because they weren't giving players any money like and they weren't the names weren't in it this year the names will be like the actual player names will be in the game before it would be yeah. like you know uh vince young number 10 and it'd be 6'5 220 pound quarterback with 97 speed and you know so it's gonna be very cool to have actual like player faces and stuff like that that's gonna be brand new i'm very excited for this game 
Very cool. Okay, well, we'll, so we'll talk about that. We'll take your thoughts on who will be the highest-rated Longhorns because they, they rate them from, from 99 as the highest down, right? It'll be Quinn, but nobody should get a 99. That's the whole thing. They get, you can't just be giving out 99s. 99 means you're an all-time great. 99 means you're like a, a goat. Like Patrick Mahomes. You got to be, yeah, you got to be at the Heisman, the Heisman finals. Me, yeah, 99. So I hope they don't just frivolously just throw out really high scores to folks. I hope they actually are the, really smart about it because – Would it be Quinn or Kelvin Banks is the highest-rated Longhorn? That's a good Quinn. question. Gonna, it's going to be Quinn. It's going to be Quinn. Yeah, they'll do it just because it's a quarterback thing. They'll, yeah. It'll be Quinn overall. But Kelly Banks will probably be the second highest rated Longhorn. In the last, in in the last game, Johnny Manziel, I think, was one of the only 99s, and he was unstoppable. Exactly. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's kind of the whole point and of a Robert 99s. Griffin the year before that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You can only give out like two or three of them a college football And season. think about this. Since the last one came out in 2013, they couldn't do like roster updates back then. So, so mm-hmm. now weekly it's going to be like Madden where they'll like tweak. If somebody breaks out or something, they won't just remain whatever overall they would start, start at the year at. They'll, they'll you know, change it every week, which is, I think yeah. is going to make the game a lot better. Yeah, right, there we go. That. that was uh, that, that trailer became. Uh, oh, it blew up. <laughs> it blew up like crazy yesterday. All right, uh, we'll come back. Rod with behind the BOC, uh, talking Texas, of course. Also, get back to the top stories. Got some what the fact coming your way next. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. One zero one nine AM twelve sixty. The Horn. Friday on the Horn, 16 February, and there's a football Friday, I guess, right? We'll get the woos and all that, but there is no football this weekend. No football this weekend. There is baseball, though. That's a fact. That's a fact. In our What's the Fact segment, the Longhorns hit the field. Texas State Bobcats are in action this weekend down at Texas State as well. If you're looking for some hardball, they'll be playing Youngstown State. Texas playing San Diego. It's a good team. San Diego, uh, this is a fact, Rod, that the Longhorns come out with LeBaron Johnson Jr. tonight. Okay. The – Electrifying right-hander who was – how about him down the stretch last year? Remember that uh, tremendous performance at Miami down in Coral Gables last uh, mm-hmm. last College World Series and uh, helping the Longhorns to the to, to the uh, Super Regional round with – got to go back and look at the second one. He threw out 15. Or he had made that unbelievable game. So he comes back. A lot of people thought he'd be drafted and gone. Yeah. And see you later. He's back mm-hmm. to anchor your Friday nights with uh, Charlie Hurley. And um, now, now Tanner Witt was not announced as the starting pitcher for, for Sunday. That's still to be – TBD, to be determined. That leads people to really? wonder if, uh, at least early in the year, you know, because you know, you're, you're facing tonight their number one starter, who's a, uh, San Diego's number one starter is a kid who transferred from Arizona. Okay. Uh, he was a top prospect out of high school. He is a big-time pitcher. He was picked to be the preseason pitcher of the year in the WAC conference, big, hard-throwing right-hander. So you know, you're facing their ace. There's a thought that, you know, you, you want to navigate the series. So early in the year, you're going to try to keep LeBaron Johnson Jr.'s pitch count down, maybe use LeBaron Johnson Jr. and Tanner Witt tonight okay. to try to get you a game one win or tomorrow with Tanner Witt. However, you, I mean, as we talked with uh, Drew Bishop yesterday, you know, you're trying to get uh, 36 outs over three games, essentially, uh, or 27 outs, 36 over an entire week of four games. But three games this weekend, you've got, get you got to get, you know, get, get the, the 27 outs each game. How do you get those? And how do you use your pitching staff to put that together? We'll see. But LBJ, and that's going to be really fascinating. Who is that Sunday starter, and how do they use Tanner Witt to maximize what he's got? But he was not announced as the Sunday starter. That's a fact. Okay. Yeah, that is he a could fact. start the game. That is a surprising fact. Yeah, I think it'll depend on how the weekend goes. Like if uh, you know if they get to Sunday and they haven't had to use Tanner Witt yet, then he could start that game. But they want to be able to use him uh, in high leverage situations potentially here on Friday or Saturday. Okay. Interesting. It is. Um, how about this little factoid? This is making the rounds because I've heard people talking about it. Uh, where the discussion they're having about the uh, the Super Bowl. The Chiefs led the NFL in holding penalties this season, right? They were number one. Yeah. Uh, they had zero in the Super Bowl. Zero. They've had zero in the last three Super Bowls. <laughs> Only call, they don't call holding in the Super Bowl. They don't call holding on Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> so, a lot, there are some NFL field stuff out now of Channel State. Oh, they're see. holding us, man. They're, they're just they're doing it every play. They just they literally watch your eyes, and when you look at them, they let them go. Uh, and remember, Bosa before the game was like they hold a lot. They hold a lot. They just don't call it. Well, they do call it because they were they let the league in holding penalties, but they just don't call it in the Super Bowl. That is that is an interesting Chiefs. factoid. So maybe it's that. Listen, maybe they just play really focused. Football, disciplined football in the Super Bowl as opposed to the rest of the entire season. Or, yeah, that's a little that's – a, that, that, that's a weird trend. That's a, that's a weird trend, man. Zero, that's strange. That's strange. That is very strange. Good, good find there on what the facts. 
By the way, I said 27 outs. I'm at 20. You have 36 innings over the course of a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're trying to get through the innings, uh, just to clarify. Uh, all right, Rod, this is a fact now. In the species world, okay. do you know, this is factual, do you know what the deadliest and most accomplished hunter is? Hunter of the species animal world. Uh, Could you guess? The most accomplished hunter. I don't know. I'm sure it's something I'm not this thinking. Is about. A, this is fascinating. Is, gra- it in, is it insect? Or yep. Are we talking about animals? Yeah. Is, it is it an insect? Wait, animal or insect? I had the same question. Species. I know, but is it? It's, it's an insect. It's an insect. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's a spider. Some kind of like the wolf like spider a, or something like that. It's like a spider. Dragonfly. Oh. Oh, interesting. The dragonfly catches ninety-five percent of the prey they chase. Wow, that's a hell of a hit rate. What is yeah. their prey? Like little bugs. Little bugs. Yeah, little bugs. Little bugs. Yeah. He's probably just picking on things that are it says not, here. It's probably picking on way inferior, way inferior insects is what it's doing. Like, it never picks on anything. Bottom most. feeding. <laughs> yeah, like, go after a praying mantis or something. All right, but a uh, dragonfly, come on. Play like, up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, it knows how to hunt because it's going after them scrubs. <laughs> That's just a little, That's a nice little, little fact. A little though. random fact. No, I like that, actually. I knew it was an insect, though, because you know, if, you're, if you're just talking about, you know, the animal kingdom and, and different mammals, it's hard for – for I guess a mammal to to hunt that efficiently, right? I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna you know you're not gonna capture everything you hunt. It's just the reality of it. Even the fastest and the most gifted hunters out there, and to capture all that, it makes sense. It was an insect. I was thinking spider because they just put up a web, and they just sit there. Yeah, that's a good. One. And if they they just catch everything that get goes into the web. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. By the way, don't just be killing spiders too. By the way, spiders are good for our environment. They catch a lot of the critters and the insects and stuff. Some of y'all just automatically kill spiders every time you see them. Uh, if they're in your house, you can kill them. They're outside. Let them go. Let them do their thing. Um, anyway, uh, let's get back to what the facts here. Um, how about this fact? Okay, so in his playoff career, Patrick Mahomes has had 11 drives in the fourth quarter or overtime where his team was losing by one to eight points. Do you want to know how those drives ended? Mm, give them to me. Go ahead, touchdown, game time, field goal, game time, field goal, game time, field goal, game time, field goal, go ahead, touchdown, go ahead, touchdown, game time, field goal, go ahead, touchdown, go ahead, touchdown, punt. <laughs> One punt. Yeah. He's 34, 51, 480 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a 123 passer rating, averaging 9.7 yards, uh, average net yards per attempt. He clutch. That's clutch, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, that that's sad like, also tells me that Harrison Buckner like the dragonfly. is elite. It's the, he's a dragonfly. <laughs> there you go. It's good. Sorry, Ty, go ahead. That, that sad also tells me that Harrison Buckner, uh, he's elite too because there's a lot of yeah, game oh, that's, a point. that's a great point. That's a great point. Gotta make those kicks. Gotta make those kicks. That's a really good point there, though. And, yeah, you're right about that. That's because, I mean, the 49ers special teams was a big part of why they lost that game, man. Well, that block, tells you, extra you, point. As we've said all week, you, your mission now when you play Patrick Mahomes in a big game is not to let him have the ball last. That just, even yeah. if you have to go completely out of character and break the analytics and whatever you have to do, Damn right. you almost have to go full Dan Campbell. And right. You cannot let him have the ball last. <laughs> go full Dan Campbell. Or if man. you do, you have to have done everything possible to not give him the ball back. Almost be reckless. I'm with you. Speaking of reckless, Wasted Management Open in Scottsdale has announced that the the uh, they're going to make the minimum price of a ticket for next year's event $550 in an effort to create a less crowded environment. Oh, say that again? The the minimum price of a ticket to the TP the Waste Management uh, Open next year. Oh, the Wasted year Management Open, okay. It's going to be $550. Oh, uh, see, remember I told you there's certain things you can do like dress codes where you can almost force people to be on their best behavior. Keep out the riffraff. Yeah, you can deter. Raise the prices. Yes, you can deter some of that bad behavior. There you go. Put put more cops out there just walking around. That'll, you know, that'll keep them from acting the damn fool. But I like this. I, this is a, if this is indeed a fact for the Wasted Management Open, to go to 550 a minimum ticket, you're going to have less people, but you're going to make the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to have a different crowd. Yes. You'll have a different demo there. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know what the average, the minimum ticket. I think it was exactly. like two hundred. They're going up a lot. They're trying to they're trying to price themselves out of the the, the, the gin pop. <laughs> the the gin, gin pop is where you get all these issues. Or, or Let's price our way out of the gin pop here. Or the D gen pop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's price around the D gen pop here. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm with you. I think that's that's smart, man. Good for them. And they'll still make the same cash. Damn right. It should, they will. should be a net sum game. Mm-hmm. I like it. Well, there's our first hour in the books on a football Friday. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.